Welcome back to the Hyrule Report, man. We're here. We're here, man. I love it. So much basketball going on. We have so much to say. So, you know, we're going to get right into it. Here again with the same cast of characters, Kevin Chris. Um, I'll let them give my intros a little bit shortly. Uh, but today we have an interesting topic. So let's introduce you guys first before we get into anything else. Chris, how you been? I'm excited, yo. I'm ready and I'm excited. Uh, it's a fun topic that we're going to do today. So hopefully everybody likes it as much as I enjoyed prepping for it. So let's get it. Kev, we've been up to, man. I know it's been a long week. Uh, it's good to be back as well. Basketball is in full swing. Um, every week that passes by, I'm just happier and happier that, you know, this is actually being able to continue. As I mentioned in the last pods, all these other leagues are in shambles. No one knows what's going on, but the NBA is COVID-free and rolling. So can't ask for anything more. You definitely can't ask for much more, especially since these other leagues are, are looking like they might not even happen. NFL's having tens of players test positive by the day. And I think it's on day five. No positive test for the NBA. So we're on the right track. But at any rate, let's get into the topic for today. We have a really interesting topic. So um, there's been this debate in the basketball community about what is missing from the teams that entered the bubble in terms of a contender. Um, maybe I could phrase it a little better. Essentially what they're asking is, what would those teams that have entered the bubble, what are they missing that would make them a clear-cut front runner for the NBA title? Um, Again, this year, we, we, we have beliefs that there is a number one contender, but it's not clear-cut like it was in years past. So we'll get into it, and today we're going to cover the Eastern Conference, and then the next podcast we'll get into the West. Um, so I guess I'll start it off. So first we have Milwaukee, best team in the league, 55-15. and 15. Um, This was kind of difficult because it's hard to say what is a 55-win team missing or what – them being the front runner already, it's hard to like devalue what they've already done. But I just put reliable guard play. Because when I looked at their roster, I seen Bledsoe. We know what he did last year. Didn't he? Sh- he was shaky when it when he needed it most, especially when it was coming to hitting down those threes. I've seen George Hill sell in the playoffs before. Pat Connaughton is Pat Connaughton. Shannon, what, what's not even Shannon Brown? Shannon Brown's brother, Sterling Brown, is still Sterling Brown. Divincenzo, sorry, Divincenzo, Divincenzo, second year player. So like again, they have a good core of guards in terms of rotation and Wesley Matthews of course they have a good core of guards but I'm just more concerned of what what is it going to look like when it matters most because we've seen Bledsoe what he did last year so like my biggest concern with them is if they had reliable guard play I don't think it's a discussion what do you guys think uh I I agree with you like almost anything on this roster being a little bit better than it is puts them over the top for me for the Bucks. I went Giannis with a jump shot. It's that simple to me. Like, if he's hitting jumpers, then he is unguardable. As unguardable as he already is, as much as unfair as the game is right now. If he had the jump shot, there's nothing to talk about. And I've, I, I decided to land on that just because, you know, they're on pace for 70 wins. Like, there's not too much you can look at a 70-win team and say, all right, what would put you over the top? What do you need? And to me, like, the simplest answer is it may be the hardest one, it can't be fixed overnight, but for me, it's Giannis with the jump shot. For me, in that same vein, um, I think what you... Okay, so we basically align in that thinking, but for me, it's, you know, late game clutch shot making. So it doesn't have to come from Giannis. I think it can come from anybody. If it's even Middleton, if he had that ability to, you know, create for himself and get a shot late when things get sticky and when, you know, people are closing in on the paint, if they were able to get a late game shot maker, 
I actually don't know. Like they'd be, I would look at them as I looked at the Warriors back in the day, or you know, a couple of years ago, because you know, they're they're flying high when they're able to run and gun, and they're able to you know blow teams out. But when you really get down in the playoffs and you need a bucket, who's going to be that player to give you the bucket? So I guess you can you can say it's reliable guard play. You can say it's Giannis with a jump shot. I think it really boils down to who gets you that bucket when it matters. Again, I, I, I put reliable guard play. Like, to your point, Chris, I completely understand what you and Kev are aligning with. Like, late-game shot-making is, is, a, is a great commodity. Like, it's not something that's easy to come by. But I feel like the reason why I put reliable guard play is because I have faith in Coach Bud to create a system or have faith in the system to say that when it matters most, you'll be able to get a bucket because they've been able to do it pretty much all season. Um, granted, they don't have that. No, no. Here's why I don't agree with you. Here's why I don't agree with you, right? Because if if you reliable guard play makes it sound as if they don't have a guy that was exactly. basically That's 50, 40, 90, exactly. and if they and they don't have like he was an all star, 50, all, 40, 90 all star, and they don't have an all defense. defensive team player yeah. that's beside Giannis in the starting lineup. So I feel like that's just incredibly too general. But I think that what you're speaking about is like again late in games. Bledsoe isn't going to do it for you, and can Middleton do it? And we don't know if if Giannis can do it yet. We knew, we know he couldn't do it in the past, or they definitely would have went to the finals. So who's going to do it this year? See, I agree with that, but the problem why I say it's not necessarily just late game is because last year people were scheming against the Bucks, and the, the the scheme they put out was I'm going to make guys like Bledsoe beat me, and he sold. Him and Georgia were selling last year, and I feel like Sam, you make, but you have to. That has to be the scheme, though. Well, again, that that's my to, point, though. That's my point is that if but you're regardless regardless of of is, I'm asking for his best to hit his trades, realistically speaking, and I don't feel like that's too much to ask because again, I don't know what this team is really missing, right? And reliable doesn't mean you have to. I'm asking Vetsel to go out there and put up 25 a game. I'm just asking him to hit the shots when they matter most, and whether that's first quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, whatever it is, hit the open shots that you need to make. And I feel like even if they do that, they're unstoppable. Personally, I don't know. Nah, to me, it's, uh, I, think that's, I think that's unfair. I think mentioning guard play when they've had such great guard play over the past what, two or three years, to me, it's a bit unfair. I think what it all boils down to is there's no doubt that there's talent. There's depth around Giannis, to me, right? And what it comes down to for me is, all right, when the going gets tough, back against the wall, are you making a shot, right? And we all know we can get to the rim at will, but when there's 10 seconds left on the clock, they're not letting you get to the rim. And by all means, you're going to be forced to take that jumper, and are you going to hit it? And if he has that, if he has the ability to do that, then I don't see them losing close games. I don't see them losing in general. They could be blowing teams out because now, think about it. Giannis can get to the, the paint at will with no one respecting his jump shot. Imagine if he could shoot the basketball. Even, a, a, yeah, even like 34, but, 35%. But that's why I feel like it's it's a little bit unfair to... Um, and not, like, I know you're not trying to say like Giannis has to do it, but I'm just saying like we don't ask... We didn't ask Dwight Howard to take the ball in the post and score for his Orlando yeah, team. Yeah. But, we didn't. We don't ask Shaq to take the ball in the post and score when the, when the game gets going. You know what I'm saying? Like At the end of the day, he's a big man. Yeah, but so yeah, like, but, but okay. But here's what I'd say to what your 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 point. Your what you think is you know late game shot making, right? And the reason why I don't think it's that simple is because if you put a guy like Lou Williams on this team, they're gonna be way better. They're gonna have that guy that can make late game shots. But 
I don't necessarily think now they're an absolute lock. But if you tell me Giannis is shooting, it can hit a jump shot now, then to me, like based on from this year, what we've seen, if he's on pace to win 70 games with a, without a jump shot, if you add a jump shot to that, to me, they're a lock. If you add Lou Williams, for example, to this team who can hit late game shots, who can create shots, I don't necessarily think that's a, that's a lock. That's why I went with the Giannis with a jump shot. I hear fair you. point. I hear you. Fair point. Yeah, I hear you. Um, but we do have quite a bit of teams that we have to get to, so let's move forward. Um, next is the number two. Luckily, they just locked up the two seed today with their victory. Um, it's Toronto Raptors. Uh, again, within within reason, they are the NBA champs, so I did bear that in mind. However, they did lose a top three player. So my biggest thing that I felt like they're missing is a tertiary score. And what I mean by that is last year we seen Kyle Lowry have the most success when he was the third option. Right, he had Kawhi and Pascal doing the majority of the work on the offensive end, and granted, Kyle is still an All Star. He's an incumbent player, so he did contribute his his portion of the scoring. However, in years past, when he's been the second option or even the primary option, that for whatever reason seems to be a too much of a workload. So I just feel like if Toronto has a legitimate tertiary score, this would be the key to success because again, they have Pascal doing his thing, Kyle Lowry. Okay, if we gave him the second option, that's cool. I'm okay with that. But third option, I don't know if I have faith placing that in Van Vliet or OG or Ibaka. Like, I just don't know who that legitimate third option is. And I feel like going into the playoffs, if they had that, that would make me much, much more confident in picking them as my championship frontrunner. Um, for me, I described it as Pascal needs to take one more step. So what we usually see with great players is that – they improve in the playoffs. Their scoring goes up. Their efficiency usually steps back, but that's just that's just the price you pay when you, you just have to get it. You have to get it done. So we need Pascal to take one more step. Last year, we struggled in the half court the same way with Kawhi Leonard. If you watch the, the Sixers series, we can barely score, but we have a great defense that we still have with or without Kawhi. That defense has, is not going anywhere. So what we need is somebody to step into that Kawhi role. When everybody else is afraid, when everybody else can't do it, who's going to be the guy to say, I'm getting it done? And it has to be Pascal. So we need Pascal to take one more step, one more step into becoming an all-NBA player. He still might make an all-NBA team, who knows, but we need him to solidify his name this year in the playoffs, saying Pascal is one of the top 15 players in the league, and we can go back to the finals. See, Chris, I think I think we're saying the same thing though, because again, I I'm operating from the standpoint as taking that as a granted. Like I knew I, I'm assuming that Pascal's going to take that step, and I could be wrong for that. But I, when I was building my like when I was writing out my notes, I assumed Pascal to be that number one option. I, again, step into that Kawhi role, but then who fills in the third role? But and here's the like, thing: we have guys to fill in the third role. So we have Laurie and Larry, and we have Van Vliet. Van Vliet's but, 17 a game this year. But I'm saying, I don't know if Van Vliet's 17 in the playoffs is actually what I want. And I don't nah, know if Van Vliet showed, nah, Van, Van showed me everything I needed to see in the finals. I know he's uh, not running from any any moment. So I have, no, I have no qualms about Van Vliet stepping up, hitting timely shots when it's time. I've seen him do it. He did it on the biggest stage when, with all the marbles As on a fourth the table. option, though. Fam, he did it. He got an MVP, a finals MVP vote. I'm, I'm not, not. But again, I'm, I'm not, not denying that. I'm That's not. not my point. All right, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I'm actually, hold on. Let, me, let me say something. Let me say something. Um, to what you guys are arguing, yes, Van Vliet did it on the highest stage, but he did it with like no real pressure on him. So I think there's a bit, a bit of a difference there. I still do believe it. For me, in terms of the Raptors, what do the Raptors need to make sure they're a, a sure, fo- sure fire lock? For me, it's one word: alpha. They need an alpha, 
And it kind of goes along the lines of what, you know, both of you had mentioned, especially specifically Chris, in terms of Pascal taking that step. I, I didn't want to specifically reference Pascal because I've seen him take so many steps in the past year alone. I find it unfair to now expect him to go from, what, his 24 game to now 27, 28 per game. So for me, it's just an alpha in general. And it just goes back to the fact that we're, we our players, Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam specifically, are way better this year than they were last year. If we had that alpha, if we still had that Kawhi Leonard or someone like him, we'd be in absolute luck. Because if we won it last year, I feel like with the steps that Pascal took this year and Van Vliet and, you know, Larry's playing well, everyone's playing well, I think we'd be a lot. So for me, I went with alpha. I don't think – I think until then, you know, we'll always have a chance, especially as Raptors fans, we're going to believe that. But I'm not sure if, you know, in the eyes of the general public, if we ever will. Here's the thing, though, right? How much of the improvement from guys like Pascal and Van Vliet is opportunity versus – natural development uh there's it's it can be attributed to both and i completely agree with you if Kawhi's here maybe they don't look the exact same but i'm just using hindsight here and i'm taking it for what it is right where i'm dragging and dropping right now take this team drop Kawhi Leonard back on it take this team drop drop a paul george an, an alpha a guy that's going to command the ball at the late in games, where you know, where everyone on the team looks and says, all right, pass that to him. Paul George right is now, a beta. Right, right, right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Let me say that back. But a Kawhi Leonard, a guy, a Kevin Durant, there's certain guys in this league where when the ball, when the game's close, if you if the ball touches your hands, you're looking for that guy. Right now, I don't think if if Lowry catches the ball, he's looking for Pascal because he's not that guy yet, and I don't, I don't expect him to be at all. I think it's unfair to expect him to be that guy so quickly. But for me, it's just alpha. I think we'll be good without one, but if we're talking about surefire lock, I think that's what we need. It can come from outside or it can come from inside. We can sign Giannis in two years like people believe, or, you know, Pascal goes into that role. Could be anything. Fair enough, fair enough. I couldn't let that slide. I, I couldn't let George Paul be included in that. Yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> I was looking at, I was thinking about bad. talent, not, you know, what it, it matters most. Though. No worries, no worries. Yeah. Just have to make sure we get down on the, on the record. <laughs> you were oh. thinking about what's in this chest. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> My best. <laughs> um, but moving forward, we'll get into the third team. We have Boston. Uh, they're currently sitting at 46 and 23. However, um, the Celtics, like, again, I spoke in, about them in the previous pod. You guys can go look that up and take, hear my take on that. Uh, aside from that, I just feel like they're missing experience. And I feel like Jason Tatum, is pro- he's on the trajectory to be the player that everybody thinks he can be. And he has a sidekick with Jalen Brown right there beside him. And obviously, Kemba as a tertiary scorer is pretty good. They have a good coach. Like, they have all the fundamental, like, they have all the key cornerstones of what a front runner would need to win the championship. I just feel like they're missing experience. Like, I'm watching a game the other day, and Jason Tatum, like, he has the game. He has it all put together. But when it matters most, he just, he didn't have it. And, again, they're a young team. So, like, Which I can't game? Because really I just that watched thing. that game today, and he took over. I know I'm talking about today. I was talking about two days ago. Okay. Um, uh, and again, I'm talking about that guy. So no, no, no. I'm not him. taking away from his from his from his performance because we know his performance is. But I'm saying with experience and the high pressure of a playoff series. It's, and again, he has gone far in the playoffs. So let me not take that away from him. But I'm just talking about people that have been in the playoffs for years on end, know how to react as a primary star, right? I don't feel like we've ever really seen him in that role, and I don't feel like it's fair to say, oh, I'm expecting that of him right now. Which is why I feel like if they had the experience of being a seasoned playoff team for years on end that would really put them at the front end for a championship. 
for me, for me again, I'm keeping this short and sweet. It's time. Same thing, Chris. Uh, Rob just mentioned. Give this team time. Allow Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to grow and develop and figure out what their weaknesses are so you can take your rest of your assets, the rest of your money, and go out and sign players to, you know, fix those weaknesses, to cover those weaknesses. Don't push all your chips to the table right now rushing to get to try and push for a championship at this moment. I understand making – you can make win-now moves, but don't make long-term, you know, potentially franchise-altering moves is what I'm trying to get to. Give these guys time. If – they turn out to be, you know, knockdown shooters, 40% shooters. All right, surround them with guys that can, you know, dribble, penetrate, kick to them, whatever it is. If they weren't defenders, then find, surround them with defenders. But give them time to grow their game and figure out what is wrong, what, what they do, they don't, they're not well at. I think if you look at the Bucs, they've done a very good job with this. As Giannis has grown his career, it was very evident that, all right, this guy can't shoot. So let's surround him with shooters. Everything they do, they go out to get shooters around him. So give Boston time to do that. Just give give your young players time to grow, look at them, and then do what needs to be done. Uh, for me, I think Boston is like as talented as any team in the league. To be honest, like even the books, I think on paper, the collection that Boston has versus the collection of of Milwaukee, it's comparable. So I think they just need to be able to play together. I think all they need is chemistry. And, and continuity as long as they can figure out how to make it time. work with with that is and in other words time like but i feel like they have all the pieces there all they need to do is figure out how to put them together and and build the puzzle i think you know they have everything they need they just need that continuity and chemistry and they can get it done yeah i feel like that's pretty much we're all on the same page here it's just a different wording for the same thing uh moving forward we have miami sitting at 43 and 27 um, this is one that I struggled on because I, like, Miami, Miami has overachieved. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I shouldn't say overachieved. Let me not say that. They performed very well. I don't want to add the negative connotation of saying overachieved. They performed very well. I just feel like they need higher level talent. They're talented. I feel like they need higher level talented. Higher level talent. And when I say that, I feel like, I don't know how I feel about Kendrick Nunn. Like, Dungeon Robinson is a hitter, but is he the guy that's going to perform in the playoffs? Tyler Hero. Like, they just have a lot of, like, makeshift guys because, granted, they have a great development program, but I don't know if that talent... So you're looking for the, you're looking for the trendy names, fam. That's what, that's what it sounds like. like. It's not even trendy names. It's just that I don't have faith in a guy like Kendrick Nunn. And, like, I don't know if... Like, I don't know if we Miami... We just don't know. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of questions on this. Yeah, there's just a lot mean. of uncertainty with these players. Yeah, we have a, lot of guys that, they have a lot of guys that performed well this year, but we don't know what... Exactly. What it is and, next year. We really don't know. And on top of that, like, I, what is Jimmy's success as a number one option? And that... Give it, I, let's, seg- let, let's, segment into, let's segment into me because that, that's, that's what I'm saying. My thing that they need is a true number one. Jimmy is not a number one, bro. He's not... And it sounds like I'm hating on the man. And truthfully, like, I don't necessarily rate his game because I think that, you know, a 6'7 guard shouldn't be begging for fouls at this point in in his career like Jimmy Butler plays. He cannot shoot. He can't finish. He literally only scores when he shoots 15 uh, free throw shots a game. And in the playoffs, it's not not going like that. It's not going to work. You're not going to be able to depend on the refs to the degree that Jimmy Butler does. So, bro, like, nah, you need a true number one player. Jimmy is fine if he's going to be your backup and you're asking him to do it in as like a a late game shot maker. That's fine, but 
in, for the entirety of the game, when the game is to be played, Jimmy can be your number one. Yeah, so I originally had go-to as my, um, you know, what I wanted to say about this team. But since everyone kind of said the same thing, let me freak a little. They need to consolidate. And the reason why I say consolidate is for the exact thing that Christian mentioned. You're not winning a championship with Jimmy Butler as your best player. And you have all these guys like Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson. Um, am I missing somebody? I think that's that's kind of their young core that's been playing well this season. And listen, not all three of these guys are going to become great players. Like, it just doesn't happen. As much as you can look at these guys and say, okay, it's their, their rookies or second-year players and they've performed well, it just doesn't happen. We know this to be true. So, to, personally, what I think you do is you go out and – you leverage whatever assets you have and go get a guy that's better than Jimmy Butler. You don't necessarily have to give up all of your depth because they have an abundance of talent and young guys with potential. I think right now, as we speak, Tyler Hero has a very big price tag. And I think he could command a lot of um, attention from a potential play- trade partner. So go out and get a Bradley Beal. Go out and get somebody else to become available in the market because one thing we've learned, someone does become available at some point. Over the past five years, there's always been a guy. So when that time comes, go out and get him, because Jimmy Butler's not cutting it, and you're gonna you you're gonna hang your hat on you know one of these guys, all three of these guys getting better, and none's kind of old, you know Duncan Robinson's not young by any means by himself, but he's gonna be a shooter. I think he's gonna be a shooter in this league forever. And Tyler Hero, not all these guys are gonna pan out. So take what you have right now and go get a guy that you know for sure is a bona fide All Star, a star in this league. Yeah, Nunn's pretty old. He's 25 already. Um, but moving forward, yeah, I feel like we're all pretty much saying the same thing with Miami. Uh, we'll move forward. We have Indiana now, 43-27 and 27 in the fifth seed. This is a little bit difficult for me because, again, I feel like I couldn't properly assess this team because I feel like the team doesn't know itself, right? Like, they never had their full unit together and actually had the opportunity to play with one another for an extended period of time. So I put continuity, right? Like, I don't even think Indiana knew what they had in TJ1, right? They still don't know how Oladipo's going to kind of react. Malcolm Brogdon hasn't really been in the line and have that symbiotic relationship with Oladipo. Sabonis is gone. Miles Turner never really kind of fit the scheme. So it's like, they just need to gel, right? Gel and figure out exactly who they are. Question for you, Rob, though. Go ahead. You think this this team as compromised right now has a chance to win a championship with continuity, like the talent that's on this team? What I'm saying is I don't know. So I guess you could put this as a question mark, is that I don't even know what this team is missing because I don't know what this team is. I've never seen them as a collective unit. Yeah, I know fair. what they're still, missing. That's fair still. No, not, but I think that's fair. Like, I, I understand what you're no, saying. No, I struggled with it as well. But then I realized what, they, what they're missing. And they're missing Oladipo. Can the real Oladipo please stand up? Is he in there, fam? Like, if he's in there, that's what they need. They need Oladipo when he was a demon. Like, that injury zapped him. As much as I know, like, he's trying to work himself back and, like, he's looking okay, averaging low 14 points. He's, he's not doing it efficiently, but, I like, he's game doing yesterday it. against the Lakers. He, he did. But, like, he's, I think he had, like, what, 16, 18 points? But, like, can we get the depot that we saw, that that Ola depot that was threatening to, to make it onto all NBA teams if he didn't that year? Like, that Ola depot was looking like he was a top 15 player in the league. If they can get that depot back, maybe they do have enough. But you see, this is my problem. Well, not my problem. This is my prerogative. Because if you say that, okay, Oladipo was an all-star two years ago. Sabonis was their all-star this year. Who's to say that 
Oladipo should still be the number one option. Who's to say that he gels with Malcolm Brogdon? Like, you know, the you know, there's so from, many the Ola, But the Oladipo from two years ago is definitely your number one option. But I'm saying we're not, we might not never see that Oladipo. I just don't know what the team is. And well, I feel Chris like is it's saying you that guy. I feel like he has yeah, that's all I'm saying. We need a, we, if, they, if they don't have that guy, they're not winning. That's all I'm saying. Is they need right. that Oladipo. All right. Here's, here's my take on this, right? I went from a very organization base. I mentioned this in one of the other pods. The Pacers are have found a way to get it done every single year and be in playoff contention for a very long time. So for me, it's a top five guy. And this sounds very easy, but I don't think you can just drop a top five guy in any organization and they're a contender. But give me the Pacers and you give me the business that they've been doing over the years, their ability to accumulate talent for the cheap, get the most out of guys, turn throwaways into all-stars. When I look at the Pacers organizations, I'm thinking if they ever get a guy that is really that guy, when he steps on the court, 95% of the times he's the best player out there, I think they're one of the locks because that organization has just been so good over the past couple of years. And I can't ask yeah, for anything fam, more than this year. Fam, you can say that with anybody, though. No, you can't. Because, look, if, if you drop a top five – hold on. If you drop a top five guy on the Magic, I don't think they're necessarily going to win. I don't think they're a contender. But I'm talking about from an organizational standpoint. When we're talking about good business, and we've talked about this before, teams that do good business and teams that do bad business. We know, I know for a fact that Indiana's a team that does good business. So, no, you can't just drop them on your team. You can't. You but can't yo, just... What I'm saying is, like, if you're dropping a top five player on any team, right, usually that top five player is accounting for a substantial amount of wins. It's like you right, drop a Luca right. no, on, no, no, no. like you take Luca right. and you and put him that. on the Magic. I well, promise you that's a top hold five. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Right? If you, it's like, this is the way I look at it. If Giannis was in the Pacers organization, I think they're a lock. Because I just think that the business they've done all these years is ridiculous. And I think, or give them, give them Ben Simmons and, and Joel Embiid. I think you're going to have a different outcome just based on from what I've seen that from that, um, from that, from that organization. Yeah, but, that's that's but what fam, I'm saying. What we're talking about is dropping a top five player without giving up any assets. So if you, if you, that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like if you take right. that top five player and you place him on any playoff team without giving up an asset, it's like, yeah, they're going to, they're going to skyrocket for sure. No, 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 but I'm not talking about skyrocket. But okay. But again, I'm looking at it from this aspect of which one of these organizations is doing big business because we know there's talent on the Pacers. Right, I'm not, I wasn't. I wasn't gonna come out here and just say we need to. Talk, we just want to see what this looks like or conduit, whatever it is. For me, it's give these guys a top five guy because it's that simple to me. I feel like think about it. When have in their twenty year history, when have they ever had a top five guy? Their best player in franchise history is who? Reggie Miller. Yeah, Reggie Miller. But he and that guy wasn't good. that good. That no, was he wasn't that good. good. Nah, he wasn't oh that good. I won't even get into this debate, bro. Look at the athletes. He wasn't that he wasn't good. That. Look at the athletes. Uh. He wasn't that good. And even then, he wasn't a top five player. So that's what I'm saying. I can't. There, if there's some time where th- this team, this organization had a top five player, then it predates anything I know. Because I can look at these other organizations and say, okay, at one point you had a top five guy. And a lot of these teams have championships that, are, that we're you know, comparing in this list. But for me, I'm looking at the patient and say, all right, let them get one of these guys. Give them a chance. Because whatever the ping pong balls, whatever it is, Jermaine O'Neal, was a great player for a small amount of years. He wasn't really with it. Paul George, we know what his heart's made out of. So, Paper for me, it's that simple. All right, so for me, that's why it's that simple. I just looked at it and said, I look at this patient organization, I was like, this is an amazing organization. If I was a 
a, a GM, this is the type of thing I want to be associated to. Obviously, you want to be winning championships. But if you're not, like a lot of these teams aren't, this is the type of team I want to be. So give me a chance with one of these guys. Like, I can see Indiana looking, like, I can see Indiana's pitch to, to some, you know, whatever potential superstars that ever hit the market is, look, look at what we've done with so little. Give us a chance. And that's what I think they should. I think that's what's keeping them from being a lot. Fair point. Fair point. I never really thought of it like that. But again, you did make a couple of good points. But next, we're going to move into the sixth seed, Philadelphia 76ers, sitting at 42 and 27. So, like, let's try to keep it short, guys. I know everybody's list is pretty long. I'll keep it super short. <laughs> fire Brett Brown. Fire. All right, Brett go. Brown. Talk, talk your shit. Talk your shit. That's what it. Just, 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 just fire Brett Brown. Yo. Okay, I am a Philadelphia 76er fan, right? And I have defended Brett Brown on a number of times because we never we, we had a plan, we were sticking to the plan, and that plan resulted in Brett Brown having to be comfortable with taking losses. Great. However, over the past three, four years, he has had talent. He has stood in as the GM when they had no GM. He is working alongside the GM currently on every move that is made. So there's no excuse on that aspect. I don't want to hear you don't know how to make it work. I don't want to hear you can't make it fit. You had a hand in the team that was constructed. Get it done. If you cannot get it done, we will find somebody who who says, I can get it done. It's that simple. It's either you get it done or I find somebody else who promises me I will get it done. Fire Brett Brown. Yeah, I kind of had that. I mimic the same energy. Um, my I basically just put coaching slash direction. I just feel like from the GM down, this this team is misguided. Like they don't know what they're doing. Not they don't know what they're doing in terms of like an organizational standpoint. Because obviously they're competent, but I'm saying like I don't know if they had a clear direction as to what they were doing. Like there's no foresight. They make win now moves. They have one of the most unique rosters in the league. The coaching schemes those don't really make sense. They're good, or they everybody talks about them like they're this great. Uh, there's this team that has great potential, but they never seem to really live up to it. Their best player is, I don't even know what to say. He's a great player, but he's not really a great player. Like I don't know what to make of this team. And again, I just feel like it starts from the GM down. Like they need to get a lot of things in order, and they need direction. And until they do that, I just feel like they're always going to have a tumultuous path. Sorry, tumultuous uh, path to success like it's never going to be a straight line to me it's a coaching change and it's not it's just what it is in sports like it's much harder to change a roster in the composition of a roster which philly has tried to do multiple times and to no avail so at some point you gotta look and say all right just bring someone else in you can't keep throwing the same thing at the wall hoping it sticks because it's not and we're gonna get into it a bit later but now Ben Simmons is injured. Joel Embiid just got hurt today. We don't know how serious that is. And you have ridiculous amount of money committed to Al Horford. And it's looking like you might just lose this entire playoff year. So you got to do something. You can't trade these guys because you're going to lose. And we've, we've tanked. We've, uh, you've, um, what was it called? What were you guys doing? The processed. You've processed to get here. So there's no going back it now. You you gotta touch a finals. You have to. There's there's no questions about it. This 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 is an absolute failure without a, at least a finals appearance. Probably a failure without a championship. So 
you got to do something, and you have to do it now because again, Joel Embiid appears to be a ticking time bomb. Al Horford's get only getting older. Ben Simmons, he's young, and you know we look to him to improve going forward. But you're running out of time here, and you you robbed yourself of that time. You robbed yourself of the ability to wait when you went out and committed to this specific roster. So get it done. Simple and straight to point. You need to get it done. Um, yeah, Philly has a bunch of problems, but like for the sake of brevity, we can keep it pushing. Um, next, we have Brooklyn. Um, I'm gonna keep it short. I feel like leadership um, is is my biggest thing because even with assuming everybody's healthy or even not healthy, I just don't feel like they have a real clear cut winner. Sorry, not winner leader that I have faith in. Like, I I don't have faith in Kevin Durant. Obviously, from a talent perspective, I do, but from a leadership perspective, I don't. Neither Kyrie. And I just feel like that is so pivotal in winning a championship. Um, and, like, the Nets don't have this long culture that they've established. Like, they've pretty much been a bastardized team f- for the majority of their existence. So there's a lot of things that are array, and I just feel like putting the, putting the leadership role on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving is a red flag for me. It has nothing to do with talent. Yeah, for me, I said health and sanity. The health part, I'm not going to speak too much on this. Obviously, you need Kyrie and Kevin Durant back. Those are top, top, absolute top players at their position. We know what Kevin Durant does when it's game time. Sanity is the fact that we said there was a perception around the league that the Nets had built this amazing culture. And it was within the span of like two years. So it was a quick thing, right? And now, in less than a couple months, we don't have that same perception anymore. And it's because of the players that have joined and what's been around this team. So for me, it's just sanity. Bring, bring, you need a calming presence. That it, I'm, I don't even necessarily say it has to be an absolute leader, but you need some type of calmness in that locker room going forward because you saw Kyrie Irving call out teammates that have been playing every single game every year, talking about we need more pieces. And meanwhile, he's not even in the lineup. We can't find that guy. And that doesn't bode well going forward because you're alienating the, the teammates who are going out there when your body's aching and paining, as it so often does. So give me some sanity. Bring me back to the old Nets. That team looked like they were together. That's what you need for a championship. You look at the Raptors last year. You look at the Golden State Warriors. Together. Those teams have fun together. Everything seemed like to gel. They look like they genuinely like each other. You can't ask for more. And you can't ask for less either. Uh, yeah, I agree. The, you know, bringing up the health is, is an obvious thing. You need them healthy. But we know what type of players they are, and I agree as well. I wrote it down as they need an OG, like they need a David West. I don't know if Kendrick Perkins is great now, or maybe he solid his name. Maybe what? he solid his name. But yo, Kendrick Perkins back in the day was was known as the enforcer, Kendrick, or like you know the guy on Kendrick's the bench. Been asked, man. <laughs> like, but, yo, yo, think, what I'm, saying, on, I'm talking about me, the OG me, though, like a Nate Collison. He like, won a championship. You know, he won a championship with the Boston Celtics with Paul Pierce. Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, all in their later stages. Kevin KG was the ultimate OG. You had Paul Pierce, you had Ray Allen. That nigga was a spy, no, no, no. Fam. I'm talking about. I'm talking. About, yo, Kendrick was the OG. Yo, KD even said it. KD said Kendrick was my OG yeah, when in, in win, OKC. Man. Your OG doesn't do that to you. What he did to, to but, KD afterwards? No, no. Okay, but what I'm saying, he may have sullied his name. But what I'm saying is, if you take a step back, what I'm saying is, you need that David West, that Nate Collison, that Udonis the Kendrick Haslam. Perkins, Udonis Haslam. Yes, you need that. That's what they need. Because I heard David West said, fam, there was a lot of shit that we didn't, you know, that didn't leak out of that locker room, but we were going through it. You know what I'm saying? And then after that, I heard Ken, I heard uh, KD say, David West was the guy we all leaned on. 
guys like David West and Andre Godala are the ones that kept the group together. So, like, that's what I feel, you know, the Nets need. A guy that can, you know, when the media is coming down on them, when, you know, if they go through a losing streak and now Kyrie's PMSing, KD's on his period and decides that he's going to go after a media member, you need that OG in the locker room to shut all of that down and say, let's hoop. That's all we're here to do is hoop. But you here's say you want to hoop, let's hoop. Here's my I'll... problem. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, like, I, I hear exactly what you're saying because they need that mentorship. They need that guidance. But it's like we're talking about guys that have been in the league for years. Like at some point, they have to grow up. Like KD's damn near 30 plus. Kyrie's about to turn 29. Fam, we're past this. Fam, it is what it is, fam. Guys, like, bro, you are who you are. That's how I see it. So I'm not condemning. Like I'm not going to condemn Nick Young for being a fool. I'm not going to condemn Dwight Howard for being a jester. Hold on. <laughs> like, oh, you are thing, who right? you are. Here's the thing, though. Nick Young doesn't go off and say he wants to lead his own team. Nick Young's not leaving LeBron because he wants to be his own man. Yeah, but, like, we know that's Kyrie. He's temperamental. Right. He's so, temperamental. So... He's aloof. Like, that's who Kyrie is. I... And you just have to understand that. And that's why you need the OG in the locker room. To me, to let me take it back straight. to what we just said. Just who? I'm just going to leave it at. Just who? Nothing else. Just who? Fuck all the media talk. Fuck talking about everything else. Just who? You guys are amazing basketball players. Some of the best all-time at what you do. Just who? Fair, fair. I mean, it, if it was that easy, I feel like they would have done it, but it's not that easy. But at any rate, let's move forward because we need to pick this up a little bit. We're working on Orlando now. Um, I don't really have much to say. I don't feel like anything, any one thing Orlando adds, I don't know if that makes him a clear-cut winner. I would just put, they need consistent scoring. Like, I feel like that team, yeah, they have Vush, but like Vush is a low, not low levels. He's not a premier scorer in the league. Um, and I just feel like they never have the firepower to go out there and really battle with teams. They know what we can do from a defensive perspective, especially when Jonathan Isaac's healthy. Like, that's not, that's not in question. But they just never seem to have the firepower to get it done. Even, like, dating back to the Orlando days. Like, they, they had Hito Terku, they had Orlando, but... Sorry, they had Dwight, but they didn't have, like, a premier, premier scorer or somebody that was able to actually take the helm and say, no, I got this. And I feel like that's what they're missing. For me, as word one word, they need some magic. They need. They need. They, that's all they need. They need some magic. They have the defense. They have the young, talented players. They have Jonathan Isaac, who obviously needs to stay healthy, right? You have Markel Fultz, but when has when has the Magic had an elite guard? Aside from Tracy McGrady, who's you know crew is very short there, and um, Penny. That's like we're dating like fifteen years now. They haven't had a. They haven't had a PG in years, fam. Since Jameer Nelson became trash. They haven't had a PG. They've been rolling out DJ Augustine making playoff runs. So give me some magic. Get me a guy in there that can create some magic. And I think we're talking about this team a lot different because I think Vooch is excellent at his position. Again, I talked about Jonathan Isaac. I think Aaron Gordon is absolute shit. But you can have a shit guy on your roster. The Warriors won championships with Harrison Barnes. So you can do that. Barnes is selling but that. Give me some magic. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I said that they needed a top-tier offensive point guard. Um, and that's just, like, Orlando is, Orlando has great defense. They play defense, and they have, you know, they're disciplined. They're a well-coached team. But, like, too many times they just, they go into the law where they just can't score. And it's, it's sad. And it's because they don't have that guy who is creative. You know, that guy who can, like, score off of pick and rolls or score off of a pull-up or score off of, like, you know, cutting to the basket or 
push the action in the fast break. Like you saw what type of energy Marco Foles gave to that team in the little time he's been there just because he's able to push the envelope in transition. They need that guy that's going to push the envelope and, and, and you know, you know give a, a shot of energy to the offense. That's what they need. They need a shot of energy, a five-hour energy out of that point guard position. I can't complain. I mean, like, this is exactly what I think. They, they need some potency in offense. And not even just about getting buckets, just overall like tempo scheme. They just need some type of injection into the offense for them to really have a chance. And as we move into the last team, um, the Washington Wizards, honestly, they need talent. Like there's no, there's no way around it. There's nothing you can say about it. The roster is piss poor. Like the roster is full of guys that are pretty much misfits, sixth, seventh, eighth mans on any other roster in the league. Yeah. They have Bradley Beal. He's not in the bubble, but they have Bradley Beal and John Wall, but like, I don't know who John Wall is at this point. Like, I haven't seen that guy play basketball in quite some time. And I know who Bradley Beal is, but those numbers don't seem to be getting it done. Because Luca's doing the same thing in the West, getting dunks. He's putting up damn near league leading. Right, come on, man. <laughs> no, no, but he's damn near leading the league in, in scoring, if not top three, doing all these fancy stuff. And your team is, is struggling to get into the conference, into the playoffs in the East. So it's like, what do I really take from that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, obviously, I know that this team itself doesn't have much talent, but if I had to sum it up in one word, they just need talent. Like, at all across the board. Like, I don't, again, and I don't know what John Wall is. So we have to bear that in mind, right? But I could be wrong. Reboot. That's it, still. <laughs> the way this team is, is comprised, I'm not adding anything, one thing to this team and they're winning a championship. I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. This team is bad, and they shouldn't even be here in this bubble. There, there's a reason why we're not talking about the Knicks right now. And that's the same reason why we shouldn't be talking about the Wizards. They don't deserve to be here. And John Wall's just not going to get it done, man. He can't even stay healthy. And then even when he is, he's, he's, he just looks like a, a net negative out there. And we know John Wall as a guy that's never going to realize, like, all right, I'm just not that good, fam. Like, I just don't have it. Let me, let me you know, let me give that ball to Beal. To an extent, he's going to, but do you really think he's going to just let it go with the fact that Beal is 10 times better than me, which he probably is at this point? Reboot. It's not getting it done. It's Them rebooting isn't going to win them a championship, but they're not winning. A ch- they're not going to be in position to ever win a championship until this roster gets a complete overhaul. I'm sorry. Um, I think the Wizards are just the perfect, like, the perfect example of what happens to you. When, as as an organization, as a general manager, when you are consistently met with the truth and you choose to to neglect the truth, that's what they did. They 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 compl- they always neglected the fact they were never good enough, and they consistently did things, you know, to hamper themselves. You trade Kelly Oubre, now he's flourishing. You had Bogdanov- Bogdanovich for nothing, gone. Now he's flourishing. Like you, you gave John Wall his supermax. Now he's the worst contract in, in, in NBA history. <laughs> it's like you you instead of trading Bradley Beal, you re-up him and now who knows if you're gonna you still have time to trade him, but it's the Wizards. They may not. They may just give him another five year extension and get nothing back. So what they need is a prayer. Somebody the Wizards fans need to pray that they get some sense and realize where they are, realize that they are the bottom feeders that they are. And they need to host a fire sale and give up anything that has any semblance of value. Any semblance of value 
I will trade it to you. Give me the draft picks. Give me whatever. Start trading for bad contracts and taking up draft picks as a compensation. Like, that's what you need to do right now, Wizards. And then pray that it all works out. Uh, Chris, when, and to your point of them not realizing that it wasn't working and still, you know, lying to themselves. I think it's, when I look at it, a lot of teams do this, but I think they had a genuine, a, like a, I think they had a case for why they could have believed that this was going to work. Because if you look back to maybe four or five years ago, sorry, when they're in the um, semifinals against Boston and they're going back and forth, they're going back and forth. Beal wasn't this guy back then. And if they were looking at it and saying, all right, I expect Beal to become this guy, I can't blame them for thinking, all right, this, is good. this, this will be better at some point. We'll be able to get over the hump. But here's, where, here's where it goes wrong now, though. Here's where it goes wrong now. That John Wall is just not the same John Wall. And it's, we can't look at them and fault them for predicting that. So, again, I don't think they're doing a good job over there. But at the same time, I can look and say, all right, y'all got kind of finessed here. You, you were waiting for Beal to become this guy. And in that time, before John Wall turns 30, you didn't think he'd be a bad basketball player. I don't think you could have expected that. Here's the thing, though, right? You, you went to the, their peak. They only made it out of the first round once. No, they beat us. They beat us out the first round. That's when, yeah, that, no, that's when they went to the. That's when they went and played Boston. That the next after was Boston. No, that's not the sure. same. No, 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 that's not the same year. Because that's Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce is gone them times, and they have um, they have Marcus Marquis or Marcus Morris on their team at this point. That's not the same time. This is a different time. So they they made it out before. Like, but but what I'm saying is, think back think back to then who Bill was. Bill could even stay healthy. Man's were worrying if Bill had a career in the NBA. Now he's not even missing games. So. I think if you told if you told if you told us if you told us as basketball fans right now that in four th- three four years Beal's going to be thirty point games on his dolos efficient everything as is right and we wouldn't have expected John Wall to be, end up being this bad because just remember a couple of years ago this guy was an All NBA player and had an amazing season. No, at one point John Wall was a top ten player in the league. Yeah, and he was, and he was going up like it seemed like every year he was getting better and better and then. I believe it's the knee, the knee surgeries. The man got fat, came back last year, and Nantil, then it's Achilles. Now we're looking at this guy. All right, you can't shoot. I don't see no athleticism coming back. So what is he going to do? But you can't, as an organization, you can't predict that. So for me, I don't know. I just think, that's why I'm saying it's just a reboot. Like, things just went wrong. I can, I can, I, I, I like to say that things just went wrong here. Yes, there's going to be some mistakes on the, Wizards front office side, Kelly Oubre trading Kelly Oubre big mistake. He also traded Bogdanovich, who's who's he's been good wherever he's been, and you also traded him. So those are mistakes, yes. But uh, like the John Wall supermax is a mistake after the fact. But continuing to think it's gonna work at some point, I don't really fault him for that. If they if now, I expect them to give John Wall and Beal one more try, and I think they're like completing their rights to do that. If that doesn't work out and we see them going to the next season with this team put together, then I'm completely riding with you on that one. But other than that, I'm saying, like, shit just went wrong. Sometimes there's no one to blame in that specific when things just go bad. And that's fair. Like, I completely agree. I feel like they're going to owe it, just because of the amount of money they have on the books between those guys, they're going to owe it to themselves to give it one run. But then it's time for a reboot, in all honesty. But um, those were the eight teams, nine teams that entered the bubble. Um, 
it was a really good conversation. I mean, like, again, I don't know how much, how realistic these options are because you don't know what the team's able to do, not only from a cap perspective, but just there's so many other factors involved in terms of putting these pieces together to make these things come to realization. So we may never actually see these teams add the thing that's missing. Hopefully they do. Um, but anyway, it was a good talk, right? We don't want to go too, too long on this topic. We're going to get into the West Con- Western Conference on our next pod, along with some potential recaps of games that have happened in the past. Um, before we get out of here, I'm going to shoot it to Kevin. Chris, you guys have anything you want to say before we get out of here? No, it's good to be back, man. This topic was extremely interesting. Uh, I think Rob's, shout out to Reddit. Rob's found this uh, topic on Reddit, and I didn't get a chance to look at it before we did this, so I was kind of happy that, you know, my opinions weren't influenced by anything. But I'm excited to go read and see what people think um, in the basketball community. But again, good topic. We'll be back. Consistent content. You know what it is. Uh, Real short for me, fire Brett Brown. I'll be back next time. <laughs> Clearly, Chris is feeling some type of way about his Philly team. At any rate, it's the horror report, man. We give you the consistent content twice a week. Um, we're going to make sure we give it to you twice a week. Don't You can always bank on it. Make sure you look at us on all streaming platforms, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever streaming platform you're listening to. Make sure you go and you give us that thumbs up, the five-star rating, and drop a comment. Right? We need that feedback so we can improve if there needs to be improvements. Right, um, So make sure you guys do that. You can also find us on the YouTube uh, the Hardware Report Podcast. You can Google us. Whatever it is, you can find us. <laughs> Google the Hardware Report Podcast and you'll find us. Even We're there. Into content. We're there. Um, at any rate, it was a great pod. I don't want to chat you guys years off. We're going to be back um, hopefully Wednesday, if not Thursday, to get into Western Conference. So until then, we'll talk to you guys. Take care. <laughs>